leaves change very much. But what I like about the cooler weather is that means Thanksgiving is coming. And what that means for our family is that, what's that? 20, how many days? 22 days. And you know how our family's going to spend Thanksgiving? Walking in the woods. Not eating. Well, I mean, we will eat, yes. But we're going hiking. We, we, we have always gone over the last, probably, what has it been, four years now? We've taken a vacation where we've done a family hike on the Appalachian Trail. And, I, and when I say a family hike, I don't mean like we pick up a stick and we go for a stroll. I mean, you park the car and you're going to walk with everything you need for the next four days on your back. Your, your stove, your food, your water, your clothes, sleeping bag, tent, everything. That's what we do over Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm sorry, one of y'all's looking at me going, <laughs> eyes wide like, are you crazy? Yeah, we are crazy. But we, we enjoy that because the, the beautiful thing about that is you get to see things that you don't get to see when you're just staying at home. You get to see mountains and you get to see views of, of trees and forests and sites that you would never get to see just on a regular day. And the best part about that is, is it is 100% exhausting. Some of you are like, you're stupid. Yeah, we, we are. But it's this idea that you're challenging yourself. And there comes a point in time where you really just want to stop. I mean, you, you'll go three or four miles and you're hiking and it's an uphill hike and you're exhausted, but you're not quite where you want to go yet. And you just want to sit down and say, I just want to camp right here tonight. I don't want to go any further. And it's in that moment that you have a decision to make. You have to decide, am I done here, which is a problem because you're not where the car is, or am I going to get up and am I going to press on to where I'm headed? And I like that challenge for myself. My family goes through that challenge. In fact, I want to brag on my daughter a little bit. Most of you guys know my daughter, Michaela. She's 10 now. She was nine last year when we went hiking over Thanksgiving. The first time she ever went hiking, she was seven, seven years old. Seven years old, we took this girl on an 18-mile hike. She had a backpack, had her clothes in it. And I think that's all she had that year, year right? Just her clothes. And for 17 of the 18 miles she carried her own pack she was a beast I mean she knocked it out of the park so she decided just like the rest of us crazy people she wanted to keep doing this as a family so last year over Thanksgiving break we did a hike but it was a much harder hike than we had done the last two times that we had gone and on this one there was a point in time if you know Michaela she is high energy which means she she doesn't She's not like talking for no reason all of the time, but she talks. She communicates very high energy. And at one point as we're hiking down the trail, she was hiking behind Miss Kathleen and Michaela's just quiet. Now she's still moving, but she's not talking. And Miss Kathleen turns around to check on her. And Michaela is walking behind her, not saying a word with tears streaming down her face because Michaela was done. Michaela didn't want to hike anymore. She was ready to take the pack off. And, and one of the differences was, number one, the hike was harder than it had been before. But last year, she also had to carry some of her own equipment for the first time. She had to carry her own pillow. She had to carry her own sleeping bag and several other things. So it was a harder hike for her. And there came a point in time where Michaela had to decide either she was going to quit and complain and refuse to go any further, or she was going to press on. And she was going to get to where she had to go. 
which by the way, for Christmas, she actually got a sticker from us that said, did the, or excuse me, it says cried and did the thing anyway, because she pressed on. She kept moving forward, even though it was hard to do. And this idea of pressing on is what Paul's talking about as we jump into the last part of Philippians chapter 3 tonight. Paul's talking about this idea that that we are called, you and I, to press on in our pursuit of Jesus Christ. That there's going to be days in our walk when that task is difficult, when we just want to stop and stay right where we are. When Scripture tells us that we're supposed to grow in godliness, that we're supposed to become more holy as Jesus is holy, there's days we want to say, no, I'm tired of that. I can't do that anymore. And yet what Paul is saying in this passage here, Paul is saying that we have to press on in that pursuit of Jesus Christ. Even when things get hard, even when it's a struggle, even when we understand that this is going to cost us something, we have been called not to stop when we get tired and weary. We have been called to press on and to continue pursuing Christ. So before we get into those verses, who wrote the book of Philippians? Paul. I try to give you all that answer every single week. When do we believe it was written? Long time ago. Yeah, around, around 61 to 62 A.D., where do we believe he was when he wrote it? Jail. Yay. Did, did I tell you guys about the kind of jail he was in? He, he's, when, I, when I say jail, he was actually under house arrest. So what that means is he, was, he couldn't leave his house. Like He could have visitors. They could come and see him, but he couldn't leave his house. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not great. How many of you would like to be under house arrest? I was going to say, okay, that's fair, that's fair. We did do that for, for a good part of our time. So he was technically, yes, in jail, in prison. He was, he was under guard and not allowed to go anywhere. Now, who did he write this book to? The church at Philippi, which was made up of what kind of people? <laughs> what kind of people? Yes, there were Jewish believers and there were a lot of Gentile believers. And why did he write this book? To encourage them and to warn them. Now tonight, the passage that we're looking at, he's actually seeking to encourage them. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand like we always stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. And Mr. Chad is going to come read for us. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. Not that I have already obtained it or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to do what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if any... And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, 
by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Let us pray. Father God, we uh, thank you once again for just bringing us here, Lord, and I just pray that um, your spirit be evident in this uh, place tonight and uh, you just give uh, the words to Pastor Jesse uh, that you want us all to hear and apply to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So if, if you just take a quick glance at this, you find out real quick what Paul is saying is that this decision to press on, it's not always an easy one. Especially when you just want to stop, when you just want to rest, you want to quit, you want to stay right there. But in our pursuit of Jesus Christ, we've not been called to quit. We've been told, called to something greater than ourselves. Something greater than our own abilities, than our own talents will ever get us to. We've been called to a life as a disciple of the God of the universe, of the God over all creation. And there's going to be days where you do not feel up to that challenge. And those are the days that you have to remember the words of Paul here in this passage. You've got to remember what it takes to press on in that pursuit of Jesus Christ. And as we walk through here, we see that Paul shows us how we can do that. And the first thing we see in verses 12 through 14 is that you press on by staying focused. You've got to stay focused on what it is you're moving towards. Read, let me read that again. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards, training forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is doing right here, he's, he, when he says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already made perfect, he's talking about the things that he spoke about in the first half of this chapter, specifically verses 10 and 11 that we covered last week. Paul, what he's doing here is he's talking about pursuing Jesus and working to live a life that honors him each and every day. And Paul admits something here that I think every one of us can relate to and every one of us can understand. He's telling us that even in that pursuit, it's a struggle for him. I mean, look at those words again. He says, I do not consider I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's not an easy thing for him to pursue Jesus every single day. It says that he's straining towards that goal. Because Paul, just like us, was not a perfect Christian. He's not become the ideal Christian. I know we talk about, hey, he wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. He's like this super apostle. And, and yeah, he, he kind of is. But at the same time, he's human just like us. Sometimes we glamorize the person from what we see written down and we forget that he was a human being. He was a sinner. He struggled with the same struggles that many of us probably struggle with. And yet his focus was not to please himself. His focus was to pursue Jesus Christ. His focus was to honor him every single day, and yet it was a struggle for him as well. Sometimes it's a battle within us. I mean, if we're honest, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or admit to this, but there's days that you struggle. There's days that you don't feel like pursuing Christ. There's days you don't want to spend time with God. There's days you don't want to make the decision that honors who God is. And, and Paul writes about that struggle again. We can relate to this. In Romans chapter 7, verse 21, listen to what Paul says. He says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. 
For I delight in the law of God and my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. See, Paul understood it's, it's a struggle when it comes to pressing on in your pursuit of Jesus Christ because it was a struggle for him too. And it's a struggle for us some days. What you have to remember though is that your salvation, what you have in Jesus Christ, what Paul was helping us understand, that does not mean you are perfect from that point on. That does not mean life is going to be easy, that you're not going to have any problems. Anybody in this room that has been walking with Christ for a while can attest that that is the truth. But what it does mean is that in that salvation, what is promised is what Paul keeps coming back to over and over again in this book. In that salvation, you find joy. That in the midst of everything happening in your life, that in the midst of that struggle of God today, I want to live for me. I don't want to live for you. He calls us to have that joy and to press on in that pursuit of that relationship of Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that you're moving towards. And you need to remember, just as Paul has told us earlier in this book, the only reason you can press into Christ and press on in pursuing him is because God is working in your life and giving you the ability and the desire to do so. That's what he said earlier in the book. He said it's God who works and God who wills in us that makes it possible. We are able to love God because God first loved us. We are able to pursue Jesus Christ because Christ first pursued us. And that is what we are pressing on towards. And that's why Paul says, I forget what's behind me. I don't look back. I'm not that person that I was before. I'm not resting on the things that I've done before. In fact, he says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Paul says, I'm not focused on what happened in the past. I'm not focused on who I've been. I'm not focused on how people have known me. I'm focused on my pursuit of Jesus Christ, and I'm forgetting all of that. And Scripture tells us right there that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, all of that is put behind you so that you can stay focused. And that's how you press on. And then he goes on in the next couple verses, and he shows us this. You press on by working together. We've talked about that over and over in this book, especially in the beginning of chapter two, that Christ has called us to have a unity in our mind and a unity in our action. And he talks about that here again in verses 15 through 17. He says, let those of you who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Paul says here that, that we must work together. We need to focus on the goal of pursuing Jesus Christ, that prize of knowing Christ, and remember that you are not alone in that pursuit. Now, if you do a quick reading of this and you don't pay attention to what's going on, you may see what Paul writes here and you may think, well, Paul's kind of putting himself on a pedestal, isn't he? Verse 17, where he says, brothers, join in imitating me, is what he says there. 
But we've got to remember that, that Paul was not Jesus. Paul was a man. Paul was a sinner just like you and I are. Yet Paul had a singular focus in his life, and that was to pursue Jesus Christ. His goal was to pursue Christ at all costs. And if you go back and you read the account of his life and how he shared the gospel, you see that Paul was willing to give everything. You find a guy that he gave up his career. He gave up his future, his status by humanity's standards. In fact, more than once, he was willing to offer up his own life for the sake of preaching the gospel. And that's why in 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, and in this verse, he can say right there, be, imitate, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Paul's not saying, hey, look at me. I'm the one that you need to be like. Paul is saying, hey, I'm following Christ. So when you see anything like that in me, know that's who we're going after. Paul's not pointing the finger to himself. He's pointing the finger to Jesus. And he's not saying, hey, just be like me. He's encouraging them to join with him in imitating that character and mind of Jesus that he wrote about in Philippians chapter 2. See, we all need people like that in our lives to look for as practical examples of how to follow Christ. I mean, let's be honest. Everything you know how to do, those of you who are taking notes right now, everything you know how to do, from walking to talking, I've heard this said before, we teach kids for the first two years to walk and talk. We spend the next 16 telling them to sit down and shut up. So we, <laughs> but, but you've learned that from somebody. You imitated somebody in order to do that. Running, if you play football, tackling, reading, music, building Legos, driving a car. or There's so many different things that you learn and you learned every one of those by imitating someone else. By watching their actions and then doing those actions so that you could do it yourself. So it only makes sense about what Paul is saying here that you also need people in your life that you can look to who are more mature than you are in their faith. Not perfect people, imperfect people, but people that are following Jesus. People that are pressing on no matter what has happened in their lives. People who can practically show you how to handle struggles, how to walk through disappointment, how to resist temptation, how to put sin in your life to death. That's what we need in our life. You press on in your walk with Jesus by working together with other believers who can guide you and encourage you. And th this is not scripture. This is me saying this. I would recommend you have at least two people in your life. You have somebody who has walked farther and longer than you with Christ that can encourage you. And you have someone that is younger than you in the faith that you can encourage. Because if you've got those two, you are never alone in your walk with Christ. You are always doing this together. And that is what Paul is trying to help them see here. And the next thing he shows us in order to press on is you need to remember to press on when others don't. There's, there's going to be times in your walk with Christ and those people that you thought you were walking with together are those people that you would hope would be a part of that relationship and put their faith and trust in Christ and you want them to be there and they're just not. Look at what Paul says here in verse 18. He says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Now, it, it's possible he's not real clear here. He could be talking about people outside the church. He could be talking about people inside the church. There's a pretty good chance he's talking about both. But what he's talking about are the people who have decided that they will not press on on their own in their pursuit of Jesus Christ. They're going to chase after other things. They're going to chase after easier things. They're going to chase after things that please them instead of things that please God. That's why he says right here, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God, their God is their belly. That means their God is their desires. Their God is what pleases them, which means they are their own God. And that is not what we're called to as disciples of Jesus Christ. It says they glory in their shame, which means they do things that they don't, that they know don't honor God, and they're proud of it. There's no shame there. That's not a good thing. Because we're called to a life that is different. We're called to a life that honors God, God that glorifies Him. And there are going to be those people who you think are walking with you in your pursuit of Christ, and you're going to turn around and they're going to be gone. Because they've decided, this is where I want to stop. They don't want to press on anymore. They don't want to grow in that relationship. And there's going to be other people that you share the gospel of Jesus with, and you want so much with everything in you for them to make the same eternity-changing decision that you've made, and they're going to look at you and they're going to say, no. And that's why Paul says these words here. He says, now I tell you even with tears... Because this is a sad thing. We see compassion that Paul has here. Compassion for the people that will not pursue Christ. He looks at them and he's not angry. He's not offended. He's heartbroken. Because he sees them the way that Jesus sees people. In need of a relationship with him. In need of forgiveness. In need of salvation from their sins, then that's where you and I have to be careful because it is very easy for us to just write people off when we're living in our flesh. It's very easy for us to say, you know what? You decided you don't want to pursue Christ anymore, then fine, you, your life, you get what you get. Or we share the gospel and share the gospel and share the gospel and that one friend just absolutely refuses to take that step and we come to the point and say, you know what? Fine. And we stop caring. And we stop having that compassion. We stop seeing people the way that Jesus sees people. Paul walked with Christ for a long time. Paul had a lot of people that put their faith in Christ when he shared the gospel. Paul had a lot of people that tried to kill him when he shared the gospel. And even now he writes with tears in his eyes because he has compassion for those people. And we've got to remember that. That is how we are supposed to see other people. Even when they don't want to pursue Christ, we have to have compassion for them and we have to choose no matter what they do, we're going to press on. And we're going to do it together. That is what God calls us to do. And the last one is this. You press on by remembering who you are and whose you are. Look at what Paul writes in verses 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. When you want to quit, when you hit those days and those walls and you think, God, I just can't do that today. God, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. God, I just I don't feel like it. It's on those days that you remember who you belong to. That you belong to the Most High God. That you belong to the Creator of everything. The one who holds all of creation in His hand. The one who, if He took His hand off of creation for an instant existence, ours would be gone. We would not exist anymore. Because Scripture tells us through Christ, everything is held together in an instant. We wouldn't be here. And yet Scripture tells us when you put your faith and trust in Christ, your citizenship is not of this earth. It's in heaven. You need to remember that if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ tonight, you belong to him. You are his child. You are his creation. You are his disciple. And nothing. Stop and look at me. Everybody. Nothing can take you out of his hand. No matter what you face, no matter what's going wrong in your family, no matter how bad things are that you think they are at school and people are giving you a hard time, nothing in your life, nothing compares to the love that Christ has for you. And we can remember that that is who we belong to when we put our faith and our trust in Him because nothing can overcome His power and His love. That is why Paul writes, press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So the one question I have for you tonight is this, will you press on in your pursuit of Christ? Every single day, Sometimes every single hour, it's a decision. A decision I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to keep moving forward. My friends aren't walking with me. That's okay, because Christ is. My family's falling apart. That's okay, because Christ is holding me together. Everything is going crazy in my world. That's okay, because Christ is in control. Will you press on in your pursuit of Jesus, staying focused, working together, knowing that others will quit or not even begin and remember who you are in Christ because you belong to the Most High God. Press on, guys. Don't let things distract you. Don't let things make you want to quit. Remember what God has called you to and it is something greater than anything you will ever find here right now. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you again for your son, Jesus Christ. God, thank you that we can come together and we can worship and we can study your word, God, and I pray. God, help every one of us to press on. God, I know life gets hard. God, there's days when we don't understand what's going on. When, when mom or dad are deployed, our parents are 
fighting or getting a divorce, God, or, or we didn't make the team or school just, just can't seem to get good enough grades and, and relationships are falling apart with friends and God, everything feels like it's going wrong. God, help us to know in the midst of that that if we put our faith and our trust in you, you hold us and we can press on in our pursuit of Christ. Help us to work together, to stay focused, and to do what it is you've called us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.